I am Sean Whitfield, and welcome to a special edition of Your Home Radio, presented by EPB, Fiber Optics on 98.1 The Lake. You're about to hear a portion from one of our past shows. For more information about Your Home Radio, visit our website at yourhomeradio.net, built by Avalon Design Studios. I hope you enjoyed today's special edition, and thank you for listening. A production of the Whitfield Media Group. Now back to Your Home Radio, presented by EPB Fiber Optics on 98.1 The Lake. Here's Daniel Wyatt and Jeremy Price. Welcome back, and thank you so much for making us part of your day. If you're always on the move, download the free radio.com app to your smartphone or tablet. Keep us tuned in each Saturday morning right here on 98.1 The Lake. Daniel Wyatt and joining me is my co-host Jeremy Price, who Good I morning thought again, sir. on me because he wasn't showing up last week. So, Well, I mean, sometimes people got to have a vacation, brother. Somebody, sometimes. I mean, come on now. You take one at least once a month. I take one a year. It's all right. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, Let's move on Maybe now. we need to get on a different conversation. <laughs> we do. I'm really excited about uh, our guest today. I am, we talked about it's in exciting. the first segment because it's kind of new to the to the show, to mm-hmm. me. Um, so I think it's a, a little bit different, and but it's informative and it's something that everybody needs to know. Well, we're, we're all, when we think home security, I think most of us think alarm systems. Yeah, that's um, usually how it just, goes. Just stick alarm in the door and you're done. And I think there's a whole lot more to that. And yeah. uh, we're going to find out this morning. Yep. Uh, we're going to have two guests, actually. But our first guest is going to be a Zerk Ops. And you know where that's at. Most of you probably know it's Highway 58 right there. So it's easy to find. We're going to have Tammy. Tammy, how you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Uh, it's awesome to have you. And before you got on, we were talking a little bit or off the air and tell us a little bit about what y'all do there. If people's out there wondering, kind of, they probably drove by, saw the sign, didn't really know. Kind of explain in a nutshell kind of what you do. Okay, just very quick. Um, we have a lot of different areas that we actually focus on. Uh, we are a full training facility. We are also a security guard company. Uh, we have full security guard training programs issuing their license. But as far as families, we have handgun training starting at basic, intermediate, advanced, tactical, takes them all the way through as home security and safety, um, training the entire family. We also have lots of different levels of self-defense for the family. And um, our classes start at age three. Those little guys are super sponges. Really? People are shocked by that, but they are amazing. They're that the surprises best me. And not yeah. me. You see when I'm operating a, a tablet at two years old, they better me yeah, at it. They, I mean, they pick up really they quick. They are good. I mean, you don't want them to learn guns from video games and TV. You mm-hmm. know, they're not learning it the You right know, that's way. a great point because they are so in tune now with, with so much technology than, say, I, all of us were growing up. You know, I was mm-hmm. taught... At an early age, I think probably six from my dad, how to handle a gun. Right. Nowadays, they might be a little bit different because, first of all, I don't think maybe people think about guns as much as they did back when I grew up. It's more of a common thing. And they play video games that seem not so much real life at all. Right. And they kind of take that. And so to train that early, I think it's awesome. Yeah, they have to understand the difference between that, between that video game and real life. You know what I mean? And there is a difference. There's a big Unfortunately, difference. sometimes they don't think so, but, you but there really is. You don't get really like 10 is. more lives in, real, you know, no. in the real life scenario. It's not when you're all. talking about self-defense, do you train more young men or young women? What, what um, do you see in the, the trend being? The majority of them is obviously young women. We have our junior diva class, 11 to 14. Those girls are very emotional, very vulnerable, but that's also the time that they're really going through the crazy stuff at school. Mm-hmm. Um, I get girls coming in going, you know... Uh, these guys just pick me up, carry me down the hallway. I tell them not to. Nobody says anything. I can't stop them. How do I stop them? Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of that. And then I get 
Christmas time, I get a lot of emergency classes for college girls that they go off that first semester yep. and they're thinking, oh, I got this. Everything's good. Mm-hmm. And then they come back at Christmas going, oh, my goodness, I have dark alleys. I have crazy roommate. Boys mm-hmm. don't know what the word no means. Mm-hmm. So, you know, come back in a panic. And um, so, so it's not just uh, physical self-defense. I'm assuming there's some some uh, psychological type education that coming along with this. There's a lot of psychological. The first part of the class is completely situational awareness. And you would be amazed at how all well, these young women, they're inside their little family bubbles. They're protected. And all of a sudden they're out in the real world and they are clueless as to what am I really going to experience? So I point those things out. I give them websites that they can research and use no matter where, what location they're in Mm -hmm. to help them. And we just go through, teach them body language, how to read and understand and, and just everything to help them no matter where they are. You You know, know, forgive me for interrupting there, Daniel, but it made me think of something as she was talking, you know, when we were younger, body language was something you learned. But life just common taught sense. you body yeah. com, per, common sense. Everyday life taught you that. And, and I'm fixing to get off on a tangent here. But these cell phones have taken that from us. Yep. The texting has taken the emotion and the body language no out of society. Yep. The interaction. A lot of uh, millennials and younger have a hard time even understanding what body language is because they don't live it. So those of us that are in their 30s and 40s and 50s, and it's kind of something we just feel, I think, at times. And maybe even some women don't feel it quite as easily as, as guys do. But being raised in a generation where times weren't really all that easy, walking down a dark alley wasn't odd to me. When something sounded weird, you knew it was weird. When yeah. somebody approached you a certain way, you knew it was odd. I'm not real sure the young people today get that. I tell them, I harp on it a lot, is that that little voice you have that tells you don't do that, mm-hmm. you need to listen to it. Yeah, it's That's real. That's when everything bad happens is when you ignore it. You know, we're getting transition to that. You were talking about situations you put in. I'm reminded of just happened uh, this last week with the shooting out in California, the, the, the festival, where, you know, all of a sudden you're at a place where everything's fine you never think it would happen there and it can happen really anywhere as we saw here in our own town with the the terror shootings we had here a couple years ago you never thought that would happen here or be in a situation where you'd see gunfire out in the open but now we're living in a real world situation like that and my wife always makes fun of me when we go somewhere i always look for the first thing is where's the exit where am i going to hide if i have to get out here and she laughs i'm like no i'm telling you right now because Mm. or what am i going to pick up where am i at what can i use if somebody if something happens here is, is that a good thing to do as you, as you go out into different places to find those uh, plans? Is, is that a way to, to plan out kind of in your mind if something happens? I know it's, it sounds perfect really, example, really Riverbend. morbid, but that's, you know. It, Riverbend's a big crowd. Yeah. You got to think about it. Where am I? What setting am I in? I'm assuming there's situationals that, that you teach us if we, we come to your classes. We do. Um, and, and we try to prepare the girls for all those different things and the guys. I mean, because it, people somehow in their mind, they automatically assume, oh, a guy knows how to fight. Not necessarily. Uh, not these days. Yeah, not gets a gun. Not at all. I mean, it's all. hard to do. If you ain't got one, yeah. you're going to pick somebody with a gun. Yeah. It's just because, like you said, no interaction, no physical Lord, touch. Lord, I bruise easy. I don't get no fights. I'm 43. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be the first one uh, to tell you. <laughs> yeah. But that is a big part of it. And when you say looking for the exits, a big part that we always tell them, as soon as you walk in the room, you need to take quick note of what exits there are. Um, studies show that people that have been kidnapped and locked into rooms that 
there might be a window they could get out of, there might be a ceiling they could get through, drywall they could bust through, but because the door they came in is locked in their mind, they are trapped. Uh, Let's uh, shoot over to the home right quick. A lot of people, when we get into our homes, what is a good way to, like, I guess, to make sure your home's protected? protected? Yeah. Like, what's the first step you want to do? There are so many things involved in that. And it's a, a family, it's an entire family team to, you know, to make sure this happens. And that is, you know, making sure just simple, all your doors and windows are locked. We say we do that, but the truth is, is no, it isn't always done because real life talk here, you know, who was the last one out? How many people are in the house? How frantic was My brother used to sneak out the window all the time when I was younger. How go many out. times? And I'm right. sure he didn't lock it back. Did I forget something? Or, you know, do I have a kid sticking his window out the, you know, head out the yeah. back window smoking pot and hiding it from me? Exactly. Just all the little things that are real life. You, you have to be right every single time you say all your doors and windows are locked. But Mr. Creepy, that's a bad guy in our classes. Yeah. He only has to be right one time. Mm-hmm. When it isn't, and they've isn't gotten pretty smart over, you know, yes. over the last. We read a story this morning, which is funny, as a guy went into a home, broke into a home, and it was a weird story. But he took a horse with him to try to distract the horse from what he was doing. Now people are in the house. He brought a horse in with him. Do what now? He brought a horse <laughs> into the house. A guy did. He was going to rob him, so he brought. He got a horse, brought it into the house with him, so he tried to distract him with the horse. Obviously, he was. Drinking and high on something. But that was good <laughs> exactly. to be sure. I'm saying though, that body language didn't get red. Did but it? No, but I mean, this is what you're dealing with. There, you don't know what what's going to happen now. Yeah, what's a good really deterrent for for to keep people? Say you don't even want them near you. What's a good deterrent for your home? Okay, so obviously alarms, um, cameras. You can get some really good systems, very cheap that you can hook and watch on your phone every day. But cameras in places that they can see, even at your door, at edge of your garage that they can look at your house and know that, wow, I have no way to get around that house without being seen. Mm-hmm. Um, motion sensor lights that, not the ones that shine on your house and make it look pretty, but the ones that actually catch him when he moves because he wants to do everything in the dark. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So those are just simple Now, is this things. stuff that you sell or just things that you educate folks and, okay, you need to go possibly here to find these particular items? We, we educate, but we actually go into homes and businesses, churches, schools, and we do safety and risk assessments. So we go around the entire building, inside, outside. We take pictures, and then we train the individuals that are there. If, if it's churches, we help prepare their safety teams, train them, issue nice. their license, to tell them, hey, you need to stay awesome. here. This is, and in your house. When Isn't you that sad, down, though, today in a church you have to do that compared yes, to what it, it was 20 years ago, even 15, is that now you got to go to a place where it's supposed to be the safe place in the world. And now you've really got to train people now to protect the congregation it, it's a sad state we live in uh, state of affairs we live in but that's a reality of things and, and you've got to do uh go to a, a place like yours to to really understand i think some people try to block that out and go like no this is not the way it is but it really is we live in such a world that's dangerous compared to what it was five ten i think there's ago. a lot of people out there that need your services though, yes. that doesn't realize that that service is even available i didn't realize you offered that service had no clue. Well, another thing is that it's not just the safety team you have to train. You have to prepare the congregation, too, because if an active shooter comes in there, the safety team's prepared. If the congregation isn't, then they're going to be jumping up and, and shooters fire. You know what I mean? In yeah. the line of fire. So everyone has to be trained. Everybody has to know the whole picture together. I mean, it really does. So do y'all offer the ability to get gun permits, carrying permits, or do you just kind of prepare them and tell them how to find it if they wish to do uh, so? No, we're a full training school. So we're a state school for the handgun carry permit. 
And we're also a state school for the um, armed security guard and all of their certs, you know, baton, OC, pepper spray. I mean, so not only can we get the training, we can also get the permits and, yes. and license to carry. Yes. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Nice. I love that. Because right I'm assuming there. in Tennessee, there, I'm in being in Georgia, I didn't have to go through a class to get my permit, but I'm assuming in Tennessee now you do, right? Right. Um, we know that there's a new law coming out in January that's supposed to let you watch it online. 90 minute video or something but also i also know that they're having a lot of issues with how are we actually going to put this in effect where is it going to be uh-huh. if people are just watching it on their computers doing it one person can test for like 20 people you know what i mean so is there different like if you're doing something else while they're watching it you know exactly. what i'm saying right. my phone they, i just come back and take the test they don't really know but right now we are going to be the enhanced version of the handgun carry permit but is there different levels of permits or is there really just a permit just in Tennessee, you have to have a handgun carry permit to carry concealed or open. Okay. Period. So there's not different levels of permits or, <clears throat> excuse me, or licensing. It is what it is. I, I've been through a class before. I think, you know, videos, you know, that can be good and bad, but I think everybody should go through a class because if you've never shot a gun before, because I have, but I still took the class, but there were some people that are brand new. So when guns were going off, they were like, ooh, like, it's just, it's oh, yeah, a shot because if you've never heard one or held one. But again, training on that. There was, let me tell you this story. We did a class one time. It's been five years ago. So we're going in. Put your guns in the back of the room. Don't touch them. So you said that a guy opened it up and look at my gun. What are you doing? He just taken out in the class. And, I'm, and the guy was like, well, no, I just told you not to touch those guns. And he's sitting there right with it. Right. And I'm like, well, what were you thinking? But I think a class is the perfect way to give those first time shooters a real experience of, hey, this is how it's going to sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what it's going to feel like because if you've never done that before then expect to go out and have to use it, it oh, yeah. you can get in a bind you're already in a high pressure you're not if you ever to pull a gun you're already at a point where you're pretty elevated we have basic classes for people to prepare for the permit class um the permit class even people that are experienced shooters will come in there they'll get out on the range they'll be all hopped up and ready and then as soon as you they suddenly realize oh my goodness this is a test they're actually grading me on this, then it just kind of freaks them out. And they, a lot of them get upset because they don't do very well under the stress of knowing I'm being graded. And mm-hmm. that's just the being graded. Can you Test imagine the stress if you were having to face somebody that's got something that's pointing back at you? Exactly. I mean, that's a real life scenario. And I, we all think in our minds, because we've watched mm-hmm. probably a lot of movies and we're like, I got this. But I, but you don't Not really. really. No. I mean, it it's becomes a different thing. And that's why training that y'all do is so I think so great because it gives you all the tools so if you ever have to be in that situation that and you, you know can what? get out There's of it. a lot of people that are not gun friendly and that's okay we have the defense classes we have basic blade application which teaches you how to use your knife properly oh, wow. in your life and your family and how to carry it how to hold uh, we have all of those different classes because everyone's different you have your own standards for your family so where are y'all um, located again Highway 58, Harrison. We're right next door to Carter Shooting Supply. Gotcha, gotcha. And what's the duration of most of these classes? Is it a one-day class, five-day class? No, all the basics are like three hours. Okay. Um, You know, you you tend to start losing people's attention span after that, but we get a lot of information in that three hours. And in our classes, you know, a lot of classes, there's what's written in the book, and then there's what really happens in real life. Yeah, sure. So we really try to put that into our classes. Um, Simple things. I mean... This happened the other day, but teaching CPR, first day trauma classes, okay? You never go to a CPR class and they tell you what's really going to happen in real life. I mean, they never tell you that, hey, if you don't hold the right head right or if you tilt it or if you blow this way or that way, that most likely they're going to throw up in your mouth. 
Mm-hmm. Who says that? Nobody. Nobody. Because they don't want you to think that. Exactly. Because they don't Nobody. want you to go, well, I ain't going to do this and pay attention. That sounds gross. Exactly. I mean, and it is gross, but that's psychological. You need yeah. to be prepared. You, you got to know. I mean, yeah. The first time I went through that was a couple weeks back at the beach. A guy had, was drowning mm-hmm. at the beach and there was no lifeguard. So me and two other people had to go get him. And when we got him on shore, he was completely They had A nurse happened to be there to do CPR. And I watched that for the first time. And it was shocking to me how... I see it in movies, but it was so not violent, but it was very not what you expect. You, know? you have to know that you might possibly break their ribs. Most yeah. likely. I mean, you got to know that it's OK if this is the process and right. this is what it takes. You got to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think the word violent is definitely. It uh, is. It's not a, it's not a pretty thing it. to see. I mean, yeah. anyway, when already if somebody's dying or dead, they have to do that and, and watch it was very uh traumatic and violent. not what i expected because i've always like you said I, yeah. that was real life and it was it's, a different it's not like the movies i, no. I mean and to the fact that your adrenaline's pumping you're so hyped in two minutes you're going to be so exhausted from doing that just because all your emotions are mm-hmm. yeah you know nobody thinks about that either so well, tammy if somebody's out there this morning they need your services or would like to learn more about your services tell them how they can find you well, we have a full website with all our, our full schedule on there. Um, it's zircops.com, just Z-I-R-K-O-P-S.com. Um, you can call in. It's 423-710-3170 or just stop by and see us. And your hours are? Uh, depending, we do a lot of off-site training, so I don't necessarily Check your website. Have, make sure yeah, they call. Just check the web. Call, okay. I would recommend calling Perfect. hours. Well, Timmy, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. That's such an interesting conversation. I love, I love talking about this. I think it's a different topic, but people need to hear it. And, and that's a great conversation. Stick around, though, because coming up next, we have Ron with Zerk Ops. We're going to talk about what happens, the worst case scenario, that we've protected your home, somebody still gets into your home. What's the situation? I can't wait. Stick around. we got that much more to come. Welcome back, and thank you so much for making us a part of your Saturday morning. We're a radio show that's all about your home, from home improvement, home remodeling, home building, and many more topics related to your home. Daniel White, along with Jeremy Price. Great conversation with Tammy with uh, Zerk Ops earlier, right in the previous segment. That was so interesting to me. It's drawing. What they do and what service they offer, and then to listen just a fraction of that 15 minutes of how much information you got there. Can you imagine going to one of their classes? And getting so much of that information that you need nowadays? I can't imagine anyone that hasn't been, and I'm one that haven't. I hadn't been. I, I want to do it to now, go. totally. I, I would love to go. If you hadn't been in one of those classes, there's got to be so much to learn. And this ain't like we were talking about 20 years ago. These are classes now that, that unfortunately, are just like three taking hours. driver's ed. Just three hours. And it's something you need. Yeah, absolutely. So we got Ron with Zerk Ops here. Ron, we, we teased the segment coming up, and we talked about a little home security, safety, like that. Okay, let's say worst case scenario, Ron, that somebody, you got everything you can do to protect your home, and you got that intruder that's going to come in no matter what, and you're there. Is there certain protocols you need to do? How do you, what, what is the situation there? I think the key to that is situational awareness, and you, you have a plan in your head, but no plan stays intact on contact, but you have to think about. It. In your head, the plan works because you don't ever implement that plan. Let's say we do have an intruder. In my head, I know I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. But does X, Y, and Z really work? So I would say the biggest thing about if you're preparing, and, and I think that's a, it's an important thing as uh, Ms. Tamey was talking about earlier, is preparation. Uh, you have to have a plan. You have to implement that plan. So if a person does come in the house, you have to have a, have a realistic plan. This is what we're going to do, and the whole entire family needs to know about this plan. Like I said, we always have this idea of uh, if something happens, I'm going to do this. Well, actually do that. You might find out that, hey, this doesn't work so well. Yeah. We actually did it, like a, a fire drill, for example. 
the idea of a fire drill in your head works because it's your plan and, and there's no variables. But when you actually put that fire plan to action, you say, oh, holy smokes, we've got too many people in the hallway. Yeah. We have 100 kids in the hallway, and now we can't get them in there or, um, um, you know, we can't get them out the doors in time. So I actually implement that plan uh, to see if it actually does work. That's so here's a question. So now I've heard this before. Like you see, again, we're talking about real life versus what we've seen. And, you know, you always see those movies where there's a guy shooting around the corner and you hiding over here behind the couch and y'all are battling it out through 500 clips there. But <laughs> realistically, probably when you encounter somebody in your home, it's going to be close quarters, isn't it? Most and, that, of the time. and that's the thing. Yes. Uh, so you've got to think about the distance that, that maybe the encounter will be at. Uh, we, we have our classes on. We talk real talk in our classes. And the real talk is, is if you have any type of preparation, any type of planning, the best thing is to escape and evade. And you say, well, I don't want to escape and evade in my own house. Yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, again, TV is completely different than real life. You don't get a do-over. You don't get a mulligan. You don't get to respawn. I got insurance like for a reason. Yes, I pay it. Yes. They can let, get what they want and I'll go. Let them have it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we tell everybody to do, if you have a little bit of time, let's say maybe just for example, in this scenario, we have a two-story house and everybody's upstairs. Um uh, not so much in, to confront the intruder, but to move back to a defensive position, maybe in the bedroom with the kids, uh, lock the door, close the door, barricade the door, get on the phone, 911, um, you know, get the police headed in that direction, uh, give a loud verbal command in the house. Hey, we're up here in the bedroom. Please don't come up here. Uh, you can have anything in the house you want, because just like you said, that's insurance stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, again, movies have uh, maybe... It's glamorized it like it, it almost yeah, I think people look at it and go cool. I kind of want to do that that thing yeah, but that make cool. me bad there I mean we and I think men really want to do that because we think we are the tough. Uh, guess, yeah tough. We're tough baby look man I sleep with a nightlight on there was a weird noise happen <laughs> I took some medication the other night Ron and I looked up at the ceiling and, and it was something from my back and I, I thought I saw a shadow and the dog in the room just went Ugh. I nearly jumped five feet out of the bed and Brittany goes what's wrong I said what's that noise he goes it's the dog I'm like but when you're in that situation, like I always tell her, is we've got an alarm inside the house. I said, if that alarm ever goes, in my mind, like, that's going to scare me to death that alarm goes off. Even if it goes off, say, by accident. Because, first of all, immediately I'm going to think somebody's broke in. So not only is the alarm going to go, oh, ah, I'm going to, I think, where's my plan here? So we have two windows. I said, get behind the bed, get out the window. Or we have a master bathroom. There's only one way into that bathroom. There's no windows, nothing, and you, there's only one way in to get into there. I said, if worse come to worse, that's our two options there. So I do have guns in the home. I don't want to have to use them unless I have to. But I mean, my first situation is get out of the house. I mean. You know, Ron, would it be safe to say, going back to what Daniel just said, I don't want to, I've got guns in the home and I don't want to use them unless I have to. I think we really need to know when we legally can and when we don't need to worry about what's legal anymore. Is that a fair statement? Well, yes, and I think that's one of the things, again, uh, being glamorized on TV, is we don't really understand exactly what we can do. We watch movies like John Wick and these kind of things. Yeah. We think we're a really good pistol shot and all that stuff, but you're sure. really just not, uh, especially under stress. So, especially when it's dark. Yes. Most of the time your light's off at night and they're yeah. getting there. And I think, too, if we, we, we have an idea in our mind that we're going to have time to prepare and we're going to know that the attack is coming. We're going to know. We're going to have all this time. And you know that you don't. Uh, the, the time that you realize that you need to defend yourself or somebody else, especially against a weapon, is probably you're behind. Mm -hmm. You're very behind in the fight. You're probably going into unconsciousness or coming back from it. You've been cut, stabbed, shot, hit something. You're bleeding. This is bad. Oh, crap, I need a gun or I need something to defend myself or my family. You're late in this operation. Mm -hmm. and there's a whole lot of other things that are going on behind the scenes. But the legal standpoint is, is um, I'm no attorney by any stretch of the imagination, okay? 
Uh, I've been a police officer for 22 and a half years, and um, I'm the use of force guy for the city of Chattanooga in, in the department. So what we look at is a deadly force, and we know that deadly force can only be used when you and another person are in imminent right now fear of death or serious bodily injury on the two-pronged test. And that two-pronged test is access and fear. Access. Does the perpetrator have access to kill or injure you? And has your level of fear risen to the level where the use of deadly force is justified? That is added on to this little phrase that kind of lives in court. It says, were your actions reasonable? Would a reasonable person believe that your actions were reasonable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I'm no attorney, but uh, that's the general kind of guideline. So when we look at that, there's a bunch of slippery words in there that can kind of get you trapped up. It, you know, it says a deadly force can only be used, and deadly force is that amount of force that's likely to cause death or serious bodily injury. So deadly force can only be used when you are another person. Uh, mm -hmm. You are another person. And that's the thing that I you, guess we've kind of... Or the other person is where that's kicking in. We, we might have been misled a little bit to think that I can shoot somebody over my lawnmower. I mean, I come yeah. out and somebody's stealing my lawnmower, so I'll just shoot them because they're stealing my lawnmower. Well, you're a grown person, and you can do anything you want to. All right. Uh, we're grown people. We can mm -hmm. you know, we can go to the Bahamas tonight or whatever. But the point of the matter is it's not a good idea because a deadly force can only be used when you or another person, not over your stuff. So we need to start thinking more about that, especially in modern times. There's a I can really get nerdy on you about this kind of stuff because <laughs> right? I'm a big nerd when it comes to use of force. But sure. Um, we get caught up in what we hear people say and what we see people do in TV. But that's not reality. Um, if you shoot somebody over property, it's going to be bad for you because two people are coming. Who are those two people? Cops and attorneys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going to be arrested. And then you have to look at attorneys. And attorneys usually come in two kinds, criminal court and civil court attorneys. So you're going to be marred down in both of those. This is going to be a very expensive adventure that you just had acting like, you know, inappropriate. So yeah. mm -hmm. uh, that's the thing to think about. And, and a little bit on what you said earlier with that plan, you have to understand that under stress, things don't work just exactly like mm -hmm. they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. uh, no plan stays intact on contact. Why? Because under stress, and again, I'm going to get nerdy with you, but under stress, you can't hear good. You can't see good. You can't think good. I don't hear hardly at all under intense stress, really. I mean, you might be talking yeah. around me, but if I'm in intense I stress, mean, I don't hear you. Yeah, hypervigilant. You're focused on something. You can't hear good. You can't see good. You can't think good. And the fact of the matter is you have these stress hormones that enter your body, changes the lens of your eye. You can't uh, see colors very well. You have uh, depth perception issues. And again, I can get super nerdy on you, but that stuff just goes hand in hand with it. And again, like, you know, you're playing sports out on, out on the field. If you're playing football or whatever, you're focused on that mission. You may not hear the coach screaming at you to do something. I'm like, why weren't you listening? I was screaming at you. And I was, yeah, he was screaming at you, but you didn't hear it. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, Perfect so analogy. Stuff, yeah. All this stuff is, is a part of um, self-defense, part of the plan. So how do I get better at defending myself? You just put your reps in. Um, uh, people get their handgun carry permits and never go back to the range to shoot. Yeah. Uh, the handgun carry permit does not make you John Wick. It doesn't make you a really good pistol shot. It doesn't make you all these fancy things inside your head. It just means you're legal to carry a, a weapon. Yeah, and I hate to say that, but it's a check in the box. And I hate that word check in the box because check in the box means the bare minimum. But unfortunately, the handgun carry permit does just that. It you receive a license to carry a deadly weapon on your person doesn't make you a good shot. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, I have or, may, or make you responsible. Permit. No. And that's the next I've seen people get driver's license. I have wrecks every day. Exactly. The point. Yes. Uh, just it, the license doesn't make you um, any safer. What makes you safer is actually putting in those reps and, and being conscious. Training. Situational awareness. And, and spending things, time in the situation. Uh, things happen quick. It, it, 
a couple years back, I think Jeremy's heard this before. I, I was asleep and had these neighbors that were kind of not good neighbors, so to speak. And I get up every morning about four o'clock. So about, and I'm a light sleeper anyway. So at two o'clock in the morning, I get up and I hear yelling, cussing. And I wake my wife up and I go, I think the neighbors are outside fighting in the front yard. And I kind of didn't know what was going on. I'm kind of disordered at that point. I still hear it. And she gets up behind me. And I have a gun. I'm going to be honest. I have a gun there at the house. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I just get it. And I go to the, I knew I went to the back door because we have a six foot high fence. I'm like, and it's locked. So I said, they're, they're not back here fighting because they're, they're not. And being talking about focused, I was focused on that getting to that backyard. And my wife goes, somebody's at the front door. I didn't hear them. Not at all. And all of a sudden, somebody starts beating on it and goes, hey, can you call the cops? Me and my stepdad are in a fight. And I immediately said, they're called. Do not go any closer. We have guns in the house. Do not come through this door. Leave. He left. We called the cops. I, but the thing was, I never heard him. I never heard him come to the door. I, she did because she was behind me, and I was focused so much on the back. And this all happened from the time I heard him, heard them arguing. The time he beat on that door was about 35 seconds. That's how quick it was from me coming out of dead sleep to figure out where my bearings are at. And, I, and that really changed my way of thinking how things work in real life, how quickly things can go from something's outside to somebody's at your door. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that time distortion is probably in your mind. It oh, it felt forever. like 20 minutes. Yeah, but it's over. Brittany goes, that was 30 seconds, and it was done. It was 30 seconds. And she, when they when he yelled the door, I told her to go to the bedroom and lock the door and call the police. So he left. The police came out, took a report, asked me some questions. But, I mean, things can happen quick. Yeah, I think that's why we all need to go through these training classes yeah. and get in these opportunities or get, take the opportunity to get in these situational settings so it somewhat provides us the education to be somewhat prepared. It somewhat's better than nothing. Yeah. You really know what you're getting into before you get into it. You know, when we talk about that uh, time distortion and, and um, distance distortion, color distortion. Uh, you're, Hearing, like I said. Yeah, you can't hear, you can't see. And you can even do this cool little experiment on yourself. It's kind of funny. We talk about this in classes. If you just simply go to the gym and, and take a pencil and a piece of paper, it's always better if you write it down because you get to really see some stuff about yourself. So you just write down on a piece of paper a little flamboyant paragraph about stuff like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to the beach tomorrow to do X, Y, and Z and be really flamboyant in your language. Get up there on the treadmill and get your heart rate up about 145, 150, 160 beats a minute. Jump off the treadmill and try to write something. See what happens to you. Mm, it's like be you impossible for me. Something, you can't think of something to say and your, your handwriting is weird and now your sentence structure is very childlike. Yeah, I, I saw the dog and it, and you just it's tough. But again, my plan is I'm going to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. And in reality is, is that no. stuff just doesn't work under stress. So how do we help that to work? Because we know what we got going into it. We, we build very simple plans for self-defense, very simple plans uh, in self-defense in the home. And then we understand how we can use deadly force. And, and the castle doctrine comes in. There's a lot of laws and things, but people think just because you're in your house and maybe you shoot someone that you're good. That's not necessarily the case. Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, Realm, we're about to run out of time here this morning, but just in the case that somebody's out there needing your services, uh, can you tell them how they find you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, the uh, Miss Tammy did it best earlier. I usually uh, mess this part up because I never call myself. Right? <laughs> no, so I actually, can't tell you my wife's phone number at all, and she gets mad because it's always my phone says Brittany, and I'm just, I just automatically. Dial I think it. what he's saying is just take a recording and use her. Right there. Yeah, <laughs> just, just listen to the show on, on the podcast next week on Monday, and you get the information. <laughs> so I had to write it down, right? I told yeah. you I was a big nerd about this, so I had to write it down. So That's I got all right. Here. Of course, it's zercops.com, right? And the telephone number is uh, 710-3170. 
Uh, we're going to be out there on Highway 58, about one mile past Central High School on the right. By Easy to find them. Ron Zerk with Zerkop Security and Training. Man, I really appreciate Ron, you man, being this here this morning. That's awesome. One of my uh, favorite shows. Absolutely. One of my favorite shows right here because I love talking about something that's a little bit different than what you normally do, but it's still information you need and still involves your home. I like to use that term, you don't know what you don't know. And when I walked in this morning, I really didn't know that I needed I, these services. No. Oh, I've known these folks for many, many years. Uh, I didn't really understand the impact until this until this morning uh, that, that we need to get in there. So uh, you'll definitely be seeing me as a client. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you. Ron. Thanks for having us, guys. Absolutely. You've been listening to a special edition of Your Home Radio presented by EPB Fiber Optics on 98.1 The Lake, a production of the Whitfield Media Group. Visit our website at yourhomeradio.net, built by Avalon Design Studios. I am Sean Whitfield, and thank you for listening.